Members of the Foreign Service carry out the State Department's diplomatic missions in foreign outposts across the world. You knew that. But it's not just the diplomats who do this work. In many cases, their spouses, children, and other family members help support the mission at overseas posts. In recognition of this work, the State Department recently recognized Foreign Service families for their volunteer efforts abroad. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman's got the story. Whether it's mentoring student entrepreneurs in Morocco or helping young women learn IT skills in Tanzania, the men and women who travel with their spouses in the Foreign Service play a major role in U.S. diplomacy that often goes unrecognized. But at a ceremony last month at the State Department, the agency awarded the Secretary of State Award for Outstanding Volunteerism Abroad. The awards recognize agency employees and their family members for making a difference in their communities overseas. Susan Pompeo is the honorary president of the Associates of the American Foreign Service Worldwide, which presents the awards, and is the wife of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. In a keynote address, Pompeo said the award recipients help put a face on the U.S. diplomatic mission. This volunteerism is quintessentially American, very American, which I'm very proud of. And so wherever you are, wherever you did this amazing work that you're being honored for, the people that were native to the country are standing there looking at you saying, well, look at those Americans. They worked during the day, now they're working at night. What's wrong with them? And I love it because it's the best way to convey who we are. And so on behalf of all of us, thank you for blooming where you were planted in such amazing, amazing ways. As a testament to their accomplishments, Pompeo said the award recipients identified problems and solutions in countries that were unfamiliar to them. It's one thing if you're in America and you're doing good work, you kind of know how systems work for good or for bad, but you may or may not know cultural mores and those sorts of things, all of which will impact the work you're trying to do. And so there's definitely risk to stepping out of the embassy and doing these kinds of things, but it's well worth the risk. Marcus Lamb, an information programs officer posted in Tanzania, received an award for his work with a local organization to teach IT skills to local girls who aren't able to continue their traditional school work. Lamb started out volunteering nights and weekends for more than a year and taught two classes on IT fundamentals, coding, and networking. But then he developed his own comprehensive curriculum, which includes workshops on resume building and interviewing skills. Lamb also set up an e-mentoring program where he sought out advice from women IT professionals who work in the State Department and in the private sector. By setting this example, Lamb convinced other embassy staff to volunteer as well. So far, 35 young women have graduated from Lamb's program. In accepting his award, Lamb said that he couldn't make it to his students' graduation, but he shared the message that he sent to them. I said, please accept my congratulations on your achievement, and I hope that you still have that spark that I saw when we first met. As I said to you all on my last day with you, I still hold Tanzania and all of you in my heart. I hope that I have met the next person who will be the Jenny Romney, who was the first CEO of IBM, or the next Bill Gates. Jennifer Yan is an eligible family member stationed in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Over the past three years at Post, Yan held food drives and donated meals to local charities and nonprofit organizations, including an orphanage for children with HIV and AIDS. In accepting her award, Yan said her volunteer work sets an example for her community. Not only I wanted to get involved, but I also wanted to help the embassy community and impoverished community in Cambodia. It is something I love to do, knowing that you yourself have done something good for another person or living thing. Whether it's donating clothes, food, helping out with an orphanage, and animal shelter. 
Claudia Felice Kubler is an EFM stationed in Quito, Ecuador. She led grant-writing efforts that have provided relief to hundreds of distraught migrants. She also led a women's mentoring program that provided microloans to families. Here, she describes what this work means to her. Volunteering has been described as a passion with no strings attached. As a Foreign Service family, we've had the chance of serving the United States and pursuing those passions in four countries. I come before you today as a witness to what can happen when we step into the uncomfortable. Volunteering is uncomfortable because there is no ideal moment for it. Often we lack time and resources. Volunteering is hard because at the moment when you're helping, you have heart and you're bringing yourself to help those who have lost heart. Cecilia Zwang Haas is an EFM whose spouse is a foreign agricultural officer in Morocco. Working through a global nonprofit, Haas has mentored students on entrepreneurial skills and helped connect them with Moroccan government officials to make change happen. One team she mentored received a grant to help 180 families in rural Morocco gain access to renewable electricity. In an interview, she said part of the challenge of volunteering is just stepping outside of the familiar. I think for a spouse serving in a, a post has a very high language barrier. It's definitely very tough to step out of your comfort zone. We might be just stay with our um, embassy family or expat communities. Carlos Perez is an EFM whose wife is stationed in Frankfurt, Germany. He received an award for improving morale at the post and organizing projects that have improved the lives and careers of Foreign Service family members. He also helped turn an unused building on post into a hub for EFMs to provide services like a nail salon, a massage parlor, and a barber shop. This initiative helped EFMs with prior careers, like restaurant chefs and professional hairstylists, to regain employment. In an interview, Perez said that he based his work on his experience in the Army. In the military, we have MWR, which is an office that takes care of the morale, welfare, and recreation for the soldiers and the family members. So when I got there to Frankfurt, is one of the biggest consulates in the world. Uh, they didn't have something for EFM's family members to uh, join them, join them, join it, and create the, either sports or programs or any kind of big outreach. They have outreach, but limited. I just wanted to expand on that. I wanted to help the close office, which is what the MWRs for the military. The CLO is very limited on resources with money and funding to create events for the community. So that's that was my strive. That was my I wanted to help that office to be able to support the community. Perez also worked with T-Mobile to help set up cell phones for staff during turnover periods. Again, Perez says his military experience helped with this project. You move from one country to another country in the military. If you have a good sponsor, you're able to do everything flawlessly. There's a system in place for you to make sure that you have a checklist. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. There is a checklist for the direct hires, but there is no checklist for the EFMs. There's nothing for the EFMs to say, hey, what, what is what I need to work before I get there? What do I have to look at? So when I got there, there was nothing for me to, to know. You know, how, how am I going to start communicating? What about the Internet? Do I have any choices? Do I have any? I mean, all those questions started coming about, but there was no answers because there's no, nothing for the EFMs. And, that, and that's why I saw that when we received, we got our phones, it took an act of diplomacy to get a phone. 
you know, you got to have an ID first. Or you got to be registered here first. You have to do this first. You have to do that. Nope. You got to go back and do this. And then you can come over here. Oh, you don't have a bank account. Sorry. You can't, you can't get your phones yet. And then when you finally got all the paperwork, then you have to go to this where you're going to get the phone. And then you stand in there for four hours. So I think there's a better system. Just that was my first, first start that I did. And I, I looked at the phones as something that is that simple, but it was very difficult. I took that and I went to the cell phone company. I was like, hey, how about you guys? We have space and a location where it used to be a hotel. Now I'm converting into office. How about you utilize and you rent one of those spaces and you help us get our phones faster, quicker, so that we can activate and deactivate them before with no problems. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.